Hello there, I am Rick and welcome to The Rabbit Hole. This is the completely improvised podcast where I am alone with a microphone and I am going to travel down the rabbit hole of my own mind to find out what characters and stories might be there. And I'm going to use a random word to get myself started and the random word for today is doubt. We're going down. The rabbit hole. We're going down. The rabbit hole. Here we go. Oh, hello there, Mr. Peterson. Uh, I am your attorney. Uh, I have come at great expense. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, and I'm here, hopefully, to get you out of this place and uh, back to living a fruitful life as a functioning member of society. Okay, so I'm just uh, I'm just here to gather the facts, and hopefully, after I've done that, I will be able to find a way to create reasonable doubt uh, in the jury's mind that you were involved in this crime at all, uh, Mr. Peterson. So, please, uh, just start at the beginning, and uh, and we'll work through it one step at a time. Uh, don't leave any detail out, no matter how trivial. Okay, we're we're trying to create a uh, a very frank and uh, complete picture. Oh, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, I did it for a start. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely did the crime. I burnt the uh, entire building down. Uh, I remember the day was it was a Tuesday, and um, I saw the building. You know, there it was a, a, a just a feat of architecture. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how such architectural magnificence could exist so separate to the architectural malaise that surrounded it. You know, um, it was at once completely at odds with its surroundings, and yet it seemed to belong intrinsically within the landscape, separate yet unified. Uh, and I knew, looking at it as it sparked such conflicting emotions in me, that I wanted to be the one to bring it down in a burning, smouldering mess. Uh, so, um, I was wearing blue pants at the time. Uh, they were almost uh, corduroy, but not the standard corduroy. Um, I'd say it was a faux corduroy, a faux-geroy, uh, if you will. I don't want, um, I don't want anyone thinking that I was getting around in actual corduroy, because uh, I, I don't own a uh, single bit of genuine corduroy, um, unfortunately, which has been, honestly, the, um, the bane of my existence for some time. Uh, it's amazing how often it comes up in conversation, whether or not you own genuine corduroy. And um, time and time again, because, uh, you know, I don't like to tell porky pies... I have to admit, uh, in all honesty, that I don't own a single item of genuine corduroy, uh, unless I owned it without even knowing it. Maybe I had some corduroy that I thought was faux-geroy, and all along it was a genuine article. Wouldn't that leave me with a egg on my egg on my pants, as it were? I'd feel quite the fool if I was to look back on my life and. Uh, See moments where I was um, wearing genuine corduroy, and uh, 
I didn't even realise it. You know, I was uh, getting around in genuine corduroy, telling everyone that I didn't own a, didn't own a shred of it. Oh, people probably knew as well. That's what that's what galls me. Uh, if I'm to be perfectly honest, people probably were looking at me, going, "Well, you keep claiming that you don't own genuine corduroy, and yet, as I look at you now, I can see your pants that you're saying to my face are fogeroy." Clearly corduroy. Oh, I mean, you must feel quite a fool. And looking back on this hypothetical hypothetical situation, I do. I do feel quite the fool. Um, perhaps that's that internalised foolishness that's uh, built into the rage that's allowed me to set fire to this building um, sort of without remorse. I don't feel a shred of guilt either. Not a shred. Uh, which is why I, I, I took a you know, Facebook Live video of me burning... The building I posted on uh, every available social media that I was uh, burning the building. I stuck around while the building burnt. Uh, I rang the fire brigade, confessing that it was I that had set the building on fire. Uh, And while uh, everyone arrived, while the building was burning, I set up a makeshift stall and sold t-shirts that said I set fire to this building and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Um, it was ill thought out t-shirt slogan because it was really only applicable to me because as I pointed out to anyone who would ask, it was I who had set fire to the building. So yeah, that's um, that's where we're at in terms of me setting fire to the building and uh, and my feelings towards... Corduroy and Fogeroy. Well, yes, that's um, that's quite a fascinating take on uh, what may or may not have been the uh, the actual situation, isn't it? Um, I'd like to, I'd like to, at least uh, skirt around the certainty with which you speak uh, on this subject. Um, I'd like to add the word alleged uh, into your vocabulary, allegedly. Um, any word that makes you sound far less certain about your guilt, because um, although I'm, you know, I'm, I'm well, I'm well accustomed to casting doubt into the mind of a jury member or a judge. Sometimes the hardest job of all is to cast uh, doubt into the mind of the defendant or the uh, the person that I'm, I'm hoping to to free. Uh, and with you, I, I certainly am, and um, and I would like to point out that the um, the pants you're wearing now are, in fact, genuine corduroy, um, without a doubt. That's that's the real deal. Are you absolutely certain? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I I own a lot of pants that are made of this exact material. You know, different colours, not all. Not all this like blue color. Sometimes I've got a red slack. I've got a um, I've got sort of a a, a mauvey pant. Uh, but all oh, definitely this uh, which this material which I uh, until now until this very second I have assumed was fogeroy. So uh, this entire time, I've had complete and utter misconceptions about what was or was not corduroy. Oh. Well, this changes everything. This changes absolutely everything.
Well, it uh, it doesn't change the fact that this building that you allegedly set on fire has been utterly destroyed, and the 18 occupants of the building have all tragically lost their lives. I mean, those those are facts, and they have not changed, regardless of what is or is not Corduroy. But your guilt in the matter is an ever-changing feast of which we have front row seats to the buffet. Uh, and what parts of that meal we choose to sup upon and indeed allow the jury to digest, well, that's what we're going to figure out here and now. Rabbit hole! Okay, Margaret, come in here. This is the table where we will be serving the feast. Uh, as you can see, it's an exclusive dining event. There's only eight seats at this table. So when you're reducing the number of the patrons, you must exponentially increase the quality and intrigue of the menu. So I will be overseeing the event, as would be expected, as my name is all over it. Uh, I am the draw card. But you, Margaret are the engine room who will keep this feast humming. Uh, so what I'd like to hear now is your thoughts on what might befit a table such as this in its such exclusive and impressionable company. Yes, Chef. Well, I mean, the first of all, the, the table looks magnificent. I mean, the, the colour palette here just makes you want to eat, doesn't it? Well spotted. Indeed, scientific research has really worked in our favor on this situation. We have invested heavily in color palette research over the years, where other people were trying to figure out how to turn, you know, foie gras into foam, or what if uh, this chicken tasted like a fish, uh, things like that. That's, um, you know, that's what they were using their science for. We were uh, focusing much more on what color... It's real good, you know. Oh, this one makes me hungry. This one makes me less hungry. On a scale of one to ten, how hungry are you? You know, that's a, you know, years we spent on focus groups and, um, color experts. You know, we were not just in food. Also, we'd go to art schools and we just, you know, we'd, while people were painting with different colors, we'd say, hey, nice red, Nice red painting there. How you feel hungry-wise was on a scale of 1 to 10, etc. We learned a lot of valuable data. Well, I'm sure you did, Chef. And uh, can I say right here, right now, that it's, uh, you know, you struck gold. Well, actually, gold is one of the, the least, uh, least digestible hues. People see gold and they're instantly uh, less inclined to order an entree. Something about the colors, the metallic uh, overtones. Makes people feel like, um, you know, the miners of old, too busy digging to, uh, to eat, etc. So, yeah, we, we try to avoid gold. Uh, though we're not afraid of these autumnal hues in moderation. You know how it is. Oh, I certainly do, chef. And, um, these napkins. I mean, the folding here is, is delicate to the point of absurdity. Um, I, I always thought you could only fold a, a napkin a certain amount of times, but you seem to have almost bent the laws of physics to uh, create these napkin uh, constructions. Yeah, indeed, uh, 
we had to find a particular kind of napkin artist to create these people who were both double-jointed yet arthritic. Uh, the combination allows just the right amount of napkin maneuverability. Uh, it's an expensive uh, way to get your napkins folded and in many ways quite inhumane because the double-jointed uh, arthritis sufferers are in constant pain while they are creating these napkin masterpieces. But they are well compensated and many of them say that they are happy enough to do it if they really, really have to. Well, it's all... Valuable pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that have gone into creating this fantastic setting. Uh, but now the big question, what food, what food should be the centerpiece of uh, such, a, such an event? And I'm thinking, outside the box, I'm thinking, why not caterpillars? There, I've said it. And I, I know, I can see the look on your face. You're like, there's no way we can use caterpillars in such a way as to beguile and entrance our diners. But I tell you that if I was to see caterpillars on a menu, I would instantly be intrigued and I would want to know how and also why and also really? Uh, and these are three pertinent questions because I feel we could showcase the lifespan of the caterpillar all the way from infancy to of course, the blooming of the butterfly. And if we could, in a culinary way, showcase this transformative and wondrous event in the animal kingdom that so many of us hold dear. I mean, even as I say it now, caterpillar to butterfly is a twinkle in your eye, chef. A twinkle in your eye. At, at first thought, when the word caterpillar hit your ears, you were like, you're fired. But I can almost see now that 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 idea has entered the cocoon and has already burst free as a butterfly of possibility in your minds. I'm going to let it sit with you, chef. I'm going to let it sit. Rabbit hole. Oh, look, love. I finally got one. A red-belted monarch. Oh, I'm going to put this in the butterfly collection. Oh, bloody nailed it. I didn't think I'd f see one of these again. I thought they would gone extinct in this area. You don't see them this far south that often. Oh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, just uh, it's gotten a little bit lost there, Simon. Maybe you found a lost red-belted monarch. They're even rarer because, as we all know, a red-belted monarch has an impeccable sense of direction. Uh, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so, I mean, I might put that on the uh, on the, on the even rarer board. Uh, but this, I mean, this is going to be the talking point of next month's lobopodrists uh, meeting. Oh, I'm not sure that's the right word, Simon. Uh, you call yourself a lobopodrist? You you think that's the right word for collecting butterflies? Well, I'm a hundred percent sure. I've been a president of the Lobopodry Society for uh, some years, and um, I can tell you we're all pretty proud to be Lobopodrists. I'd be, I'd be lost without Lobopodry. Um, it's the cornerstone of who I am as a person. Uh, keeps me waking up in the morning and uh, gives me sweet dreams at night. Lobopodry is food for the soul. That's what I say all the time at the, the Lobopodry meetings. Well, I, I guess if... 
If you say so, you'd you know. I mean, you've, you've been into the whole butterfly thing for as long as I've known you, Simon. For as long as I've known you. So if anyone was to be uh, 100% sure about what to call themselves, it'd, it'd be you. Oh, bloody hell, Simon. Look look across the road. Oh, that bloody building's on fire. Holy moly, that's gone up in, that's gone up in smoke, hasn't it? I mean, it was a... Unusual building to begin with, but on fire, it's even more impressive. It's like the gates of hell have opened and are swallowing it up. Oh, oh, Simon, look, there's a man on the street selling T-shirts. Go buy me one, will you, love? Oh, God bless. God bless you, lobobodrist heart, you crazy fool. Anyway, these napkins won't fold themselves. That's one done. Rabbit hole. That was the rabbit hole. We went down the rabbit hole. See you soon.